0: Um, talk about, yeah, so that's what we're going to do. You know, I, I, I just can't, I can't stress enough in this time that in this time where, you like, if you've been in a battle or you felt discouragement or hope disappearing or whatever, it's time, it's already been spoken through people today, time spent with Jesus is the answer. Time spent with Jesus is the answer. You know, I think every single one of us here has gone through a place even in probably the last four or five years of discouragement. Maybe. Stuff happening. A battle. Some sort of battle in our life or our family or whatever the situation is. I think every single one of us is carries something in that way. Amen. Praying for something that still hasn't happened yet. It's time spent with Jesus. <laughs> You know, it's drawing on the wellspring of life. It's the only way. You can't conjure it up in your own strength and effort because if you do, you feel good for five minutes and then all of a sudden you're down there again. It is drawing, it is learning to draw from the wellspring of life. And that's something that we always continue to learn and growing. You know, I remember years ago when I... Um, um, Mark Crawford, who's been here a couple of times, he was my prophetic mentor you know, back 20 years ago or so when he was taking, you know, anyway, part of the journey. And he um, got me reading some Graham Cook stuff. Heard of Graham Cook? Really good prophetic stuff, really good solid stuff. Um, It's really, really good. Um, And um, I was reading this book by Graham Cook. And one of the things he says is that it took 17 years for him to really become what he could stand in the grace of God and be a prophet. I thought 17 years oh, come on, it can't take 17 years. You've got to imagine this was 20 years ago, so I was a young, brash, you know. Come on, 17 years, that's, that's, that's just, you know. And then you, then you do the journey and you go, oh, yeah, it takes 17 years, yeah, yeah. It takes time. Things take time. We do live in a microwave society where we want instant stuff. But the, the stuff that lasts forever or lasts, you know, takes time. It's like a good wine; takes time. It lasts. You know. Anything that anything that lasts takes a bit of time. A marriage that lasts until you depart this earth takes time. A relationship takes time. Friendships take time. Foundations are so important; they take time. The problem with the roadworks around around Bundaberg here is they don't redo the foundations and they break up every few months. They just resealed part of Windermere Road and the first corner of turn turnaround is already broken up already. It's just like, it was like this thin, the tarmac on top and there was no foundational work. So what happens? It just breaks up again. Foundations. And our true foundation is Jesus Christ. So let's keep taking the time to be with Him. Amen? Anyway, I won't apologize anymore. Um, let's keep going. So the last part of what I wanted to sharing, um as we close this off is about walking in the promises. Oh, it was up there. Disappeared. Josh has disappeared as well. That's all right. doesn't matter, Brooke. It's all good. Walking in the promises. So, so, you know, in the Old Testament, that the, as Israelites, the people of God were, were called to take the promised land. Yep. Yeah? There was a a land that that God had given them, north to south, east to west. There was a particular portion of land that, you know, God said, I want you to take that land. For us, we receive the promises. We have to learn to receive or take possession of the promises. Because the Word of God says that all the promises are yes and amen in Christ. Yep. The amen is a stamp. So be it. They are the promises are yes. They're not just yes, but they are. Let it be so. So be it. It's done. Amen. Stamped. That's what it is. How cool is that? If you ever have a seed of doubt, where the enemy comes in and put wants to put a doubt into you, you go, ha ha. No, hang on a minute. Hang on. There's a stamp right there. Signed, sealed, delivered in Christ. Not me, not because of what I've done or what I haven't done, but because of Christ. All of his, all of his promises are yes and amen in Christ. 2 Corinthians 1.20. Amen? So from that place, and we haven't got time because it's, I don't want to get, go, on, go down that path today. But some of the things, you know, we are loved. Nothing can separate us from the love of God that is in Christ nothing. We are loved. So, so we are, and Jim was talking about the love of God. So, we are accepted and we are secure. When you feel unaccepted, you can stand and go, oh, I'm accepted in God. Though the world does not accept me. Oh, hang on a minute. It didn't accept Jesus either. But I'm accepted in God. When someone says, yeah, you know, someone talks about you, or someone, you know, says, I don't like you, or whatever, you know, you are accepted in the beloved. You are accepted in Christ. You are loved, accepted, and secure in Him. You are secure in Him. We are sons. It says that we are sons, that we are filled with His Spirit, you know, guaranteeing the promise that is to come that we are sons, that we have a place of authority in that. You know, that's who we are. We are blessed in Ephesians. If we open the book of Ephesians, there's so much in Ephesians. We are blessed with every spiritual blessing in Christ. Do you you realize the pattern here? It's in Christ. Nothing can separate us from the love of God in Christ. We are blessed with every spiritual blessing in Christ. We have authority in Christ. We are overcomers in Christ. We are more than conquerors through Him in Christ who loved us. The common denominator is Christ. It's not us. It's not our effort. It's Him. And we're learning to receive it, to appropriate it in our life. Isn't that what it is? I'm learning to walk it out more and more and more and more. Isn't that what it is? You listen to people like Randy Clark, who does a big healing ministry. I think it was Randy. Please forgive me if it wasn't Randy. It was one of those other guys. There's heaps of them. I know Heidi Baker had the same, same, same issue. She would pray for people and pray for people and pray for people and there was nothing. Did she give up? Did he give up? No. He kept going and going and going and going He's learning to walk it out. And the breakthrough came. The faith rose, the persistence, the persistence. Sometimes we come up against something, resistance and persistence, and we tend to back away. But what if that resistance and persistence was meant to be something we're meant to push into and we overcome it? There's a thought. So often we look at resistance and we go, whoa, no, that's it. You know, that's not of God, no, no, I'm going to back away. But what if that resistance was the enemy trying to stop you from pushing in and getting the breakthrough? Todd White was 900 people. Another one, yeah. We have to lay a hold of, we have to lay a hold of the things that that God has. You know, I think I've used this analogy before. They're like, Christmas presents under the tree that have got your name on it, but you still need to grab that and open the box and let it out. Because there's different Greek words for receive, and we have to understand that. Our English language is very limited with our understanding. Receive means something different, where there's multiple words for receive, and they all mean something different. It says in Matthew 11, verse 12, it says this, From the days of John the Baptist until now, you know this verse, or most of you probably do, the kingdom of heaven has been suffering violence, and the violent have been taking it or seizing it by force. The kingdom of heaven has been forcefully advancing. Do you understand that? We're forcefully advancing. There is a battle, but a battle is not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. The kingdom of heaven is forcefully advancing, and forceful, the Greek can also mean energetic, lay a hold of it. Is it, I want that. I'm willing to give up everything, like the, the parable. I'm willing to give up everything for that. That's forceful. That's energetic. You're laying a hold of it. You're not just drifting through life, but you're disciplined, like Neil said. You're disciplined. It's like, no, I'm giving up that because I want this. I read it in Scripture, and I want it to be in my life. I want to see. I want to see what I'm reading. I don't want to just read it and think, wow, that happened 2,000 years ago. I want to see it, so I'm going to lay a hold of it. But what am I willing to give up in order to lay a hold of it? You can't grab a hold of something if your both hands have still got something else in them. You have to be able to let go of something in order to get to receive something else and that is the challenge, isn't it? I've met so many people, you probably have too in life, that have wanted something but they've never been willing to let go of what they had to let go of to receive what they wanted. Yeah? I think... Oh, there's another verse in Matthew 10 I wanted to read first. Matthew 10, verse 41. Well, well, let's read from 40. The one who welcomes you welcomes me, and the one who welcomes me welcomes him who sent me. This is Jesus speaking. Anyone who welcomes a prophet because he is a prophet will receive a prophet's reward, and anyone who welcomes a righteous person because he is a righteous person will receive a righteous person's reward. How do we receive a prophet? Do we just get someone in here and they prophesy over you and they prophesy over us as a whole and stuff and we go, yes! And then we forget all about it three weeks later. Or do we receive it by actually going, wow, this is a word of God and we need to take this seriously. And I need to pray into it. And I need to do my bit to partner with God that His word would come to pass. We receive them. And we receive what they have to say. And we take it and we bring it in. And it becomes a part of us. Amen? I think one of the unique things, I'm sitting around, well I'm not sitting around, I'm standing around right now, but one of the unique things of people that I've met on this journey as we've been in Bundaberg and, and, and you know, many of you are here today, some, some are not. But one of the unique things that I find as I talk to different people is that they read something in the Word of God and they go, why can't it be now? Now, whatever, whatever is the important thing to you or whatever is your major, we've all got different majors, haven't we? We've got certain things that we are really like, passionate about. It doesn't mean we're not about other stuff. But there's certain things that are like, ooh, that's the core of me. And, we, and we're built that way because then together we connect and we become the body with the other fellowships in the city. Amen. So, but whatever it is, you know, we've all got something. We've all got an aspect when we read the Word of God, it jumps out in us and we go, oh, I want to see that. I want to see that. And for some of you, it might be, you know, it might be that the harvest is coming in. For some of you, it might be the glory of God manifesting. For others, it might be that I want to see the love of God manifested in community. I want to see family. For, like, like for others, it might be body ministry. For others, it might be, I mean, whatever it is, there's, there's tons of things, isn't there? But the unique thing is that we've got something that's in our heart that we've been reading in Scripture. We go, I want to see that. And was it not last week but the week before when Neil was speaking to us? He challenges, what if? And somewhere the enemy tries to get into that space between what we're reading and what's in here and what we are believing for and he tries to get into that space so that we don't keep on believing for it. George, how do you say his last name? Muller, 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 Mueller, yeah, you know who I mean. He, he prayed in, in today's language, you know, something like 170 million for his orphanage in today's language. What a man of faith. And yet he had a friend, well, he had multiple people that he prayed for. He saw one came to faith two years later, another one came four, another one came five. He prayed for one person for 52 years. Wow. Somewhere in there, the enemy tries to get into that space and saying, it's not going to happen. He tries to distract. He tries to divide. He tries to deceive. That's the three things of the enemy. Hey, just, just remember the three Ds, distraction, deception, and division, It's what he loves to do. He doesn't have anything new, because the the, the old stuff still seems to work somehow. But what about that? And God is saying to us today, "Will will we stand at the beginning of this new season in God, this new time in God, and believe again? Will we lay aside any disappoint, disappointments? Will we lay aside offences? Will we lay aside anything where the enemy has tried to get in? Will we lay it aside and say, God, we want you. We want more of him. We want Jesus to be glorified in this region, don't we? We want the name of Jesus not to be a swear word anymore, but, but we want the fear of the Lord coming into this place so that people don't use his name for a swear word, but they use it in awe and honor. Don't we want to see that? Don't we want to see the kingdom of God manifested in this city, and this region? We want to see um, drug addicts and alcoholics and sex addicts and stuff broken, you know, chains broken off in Jesus' name. We want to see families, whole families saved, whole families being baptized. You know, that's going to bring so much glory to Jesus. Man, I keep getting a picture of this vibrant community. Maybe it is a beehive. That's pretty vibrant. I know if you get around a beehive for long enough, they pretty bzzz, oh. I remember when Darren was showing me his beehives one day, you know, he said, I'll oh, come over here and I'll show you this beehive and he didn't have all his gear on and he actually got he actually the, the bees kind of surprised him and he got bitten lots. <laughs> I shouldn't laugh, should I? He had jeans on though. He had jeans on so he didn't get yeah, anyway, that's that's another story. That, you know, the beehive, you know, that that vibrant community of people that, you know, that Jesus is the center, Jesus is the focus, and the life of Christ is being manifested in and through each and every one. It's not just one here and one there and maybe one down the back and one over there, but it's the life of Christ being manifested in all kinds of ways through all different types of people. That's the body. We want to step more into that. His presence, His glory, we, we read it. You know, the words that I've been hanging on to for since 2003 because the Lord spoke it to me was a love revival. That there would be a revival founded on His love. That we would see the hearts of the fathers turn to the children and the children to their fathers. That we would see something happen in the church that will overflow into the city and region around us. Amen. A bride prepared, a church riser, a harvest brought in, a city changed. We want His plans for this region, and I can't wait any longer. I don't mean that in an arrogant kind of way, but you know there are some things that I've been holding back on because it's like, no, we'll just wait. But you know sometimes you just got to step into some stuff. I believe that God wants to do something amongst the fellowships in this city. I believe that every week I'm having coffee with somebody. I'm ringing up someone and saying, "I want to have coffee. I want to chat with you. I want want to pray with you. I want to build relationship with you." Every week, I'm doing that every week because I believe God wants to do something in this city, and it's bigger than us. It's much bigger than us. We need each other. What are His plans? That'd be something that John Kelly would say. What are His plans? what is what does he want so before i finish off with two last thoughts and um, as i said over the next few weeks we're going to have some other people share some other things because we want to hear different what the lord is saying through someone else about what god is calling the church to be amen but before i get to those last two things i just the lord really clearly led me to to Read these verses of Scripture before we do that. And again, well-known passage, Matthew 13, the parable of the sower. On that day Jesus went out of the house and was sitting by the sea. Such large crowds gathered around him that he got into a boat and sat down while the whole crowd stood on the shore. Then he told them many things in parables, saying, Consider the sower who went out to sow. And as he sowed, some seed fell along the path, and the birds came and devoured it. Other seed fell on rocky ground where it didn't have much soil and it grew up quickly. But since the soil wasn't deep, when the sun came, it was scorched and it had no root. It just withered. Excuse me. Other seed fell among, among thorns and the thorns came up and choked it. Still other seed fell on good ground and produced fruit. A uh, thirtyfold, sixtyfold, a hundredfold what was sown. Let him who has ears, let him hear. Amen. This, which one is our life? This is the aspect that God wanted me to challenge all of us with today. Which one is our life? Are we the one, the seed that fell along the path? Who hears the word of God? So you might be hearing this morning, but then you just go back into life. You don't do anything with it. You've just heard it. It's gone in one ear and out the other. And two weeks later, you've forgotten all about it. That is the seed that fell on a path and the bird came and just snatched it. was taken away. Are we the seed that fell on the rocky ground? Who hears, who hears the word and actually receives it, go, wow. So there's actually a bit of pondering going on here because there's a little bit of soil. There's a little bit of pondering. There's a little bit of, ooh, wow, wow. But then when when stuff happens, you haven't gone deep. So it just gets taken away. It withers up because you haven't gone deep. You pondered it for a while but you haven't really grabbed the whole of it. Or are we the seed like that fell among the thorns? Who hears, but the distractions of this world chokes it and makes it unfruitful? Or are we the one who fell on good soil? 30-fold, 60-fold, 100-fold. What, you know... Yeah, someone good, good mathematician will tell me what a hundredfold really. What they, get your cal- no, actually it won't even fit on your calculator it'll be too big a number for your calculator. But they are the one that hears the word, and this is what Jesus said, isn't it? Who he hears the word and lives it. He's like the wise man who built his house upon the rock. Amen? So when the wind came and the rain came and all that stuff, it didn't even affect it. The one that Hears the word and says, "You know what, God? I need that in my life. I want to walk that out in my life. I need that aspect. And you can't, you can't, you can't chew multiple aspects at the same time. You need to be able to go, God. This is the thing that God's really speaking to me about at the moment, and I need to press in about this. I need to read. I need to pray. I need to receive. I need to, you know, get that happening. And then you can kind of move on. You, you know, you can't have it. You can't do it all at once." But God wants us to be a people that hear and says, "You know what? I'm going to do something with that." There was an old there was an old illustration from years ago. I remember because I I used it about 25 years ago. <laughs> but that illustration was a long way before then. And this guy got up the front of the church one day and he was the new pastor of the church and he's get up the front and he gets up the front and he says, "Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Repent." And that's all he said. And he sat down and thought, everyone started to think, well, that was pretty short and sweet. We're out of here. Let's go. Next Sunday, he comes in, he gets up the front, he says, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand, repent. People are going, isn't that what he said last week? Steve, is that what he said last week? Well, the third week in a row, he gets up the front, he says, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand, Repent. And the elders took him aside and said, Excuse me, can you preach anything else? He said, Yeah, I can. And they thought, Good, we've solved the problem. Next week he's going to come and he's going to preach something different. Awesome. The fourth week comes along. Yep, you guessed it. He got up the front and he said, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Repent. And they're sitting there going, What is going on? I thought you said you could preach something else. And 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 his simple answer was, well, I will, but we have to learn what this means first before we can move on to the next bit. I guess what I'm trying to get at is that if God is speaking to us about His love, or God is speaking to us about humility, or if God is speaking about surrender, if God is speaking about the fruit of the Spirit, if God is whatever God is speaking to you about at this point in time, You've got to take the time to come before God and say, God, just have your way in me and let that start to manifest in my life. Let it go deep. Let it go deep. I don't want to just hear about it and just go, wow, that was really good. I want to live it. I want to walk in it. Does that make sense? So the challenge is for all of us in everything, to not be the seed that fell upon the path that we just hear about and that's it. To not be the one that even fell on the rocky ground. Where, just, where we receive, but we just really don't do anything substantial with it. Not the thorns, not to be distracted by the world, not to be distracted by the things of the world, but to be the good soil who bears 30-fold, 60-fold, 100-fold fruit. So I want to close with this today. Because, you know, it's really easy to... Um, it's really, really easy to you to think what you think about somebody, isn't it? What's the old sayings like, don't judge a book by its cover? Uh, there's probably other sayings along the way, you know. But we so often look at the outward things when we really don't get to know what God is doing and what God is saying. And that's what, you know, I really love the fact when David, um, God spoke about David. He said, he's a man after my own heart. You know, when, when um, When all the other brothers were brought before Samuel, and he's going, no, no, that's not the one, no. Oh, surely it's this one. No, no. The Lord said, you know, I, I don't look at the outward things, I look at the heart. And there is great comfort in that, isn't there? There's great encouragement in that, that God looks at the heart, and He's encouraging us to look at each other's heart. He's encouraging us to look beneath what we see to the heart. Because you begin to see people very differently. You know what, someone might have messed up. Someone didn't do this or someone didn't, well, whatever the case is. But when you get to talk to them, you man, man, their heart, they love Jesus. God is at work in them like he's at work in all of us. God is at work, amen. So, you know, God has been saying so much. And, you know, there, as I said last week, you know, there has to be change and there will be change. But guess what? We don't have all the answers. I don't have all the answers. Does anyone here have all the answers? I don't have all the answers. I have some things that I know that God is saying. And there's probably no doubt other people here that have, that have parts of what God is saying as well. And we need to get, you know, into a deeper relationship that we begin to hear the hearts and we begin to hear what God is saying in and through each other. Because I have a sense collectively that God is going to lead us on a journey as we do that. Amen? So that's why I said in the first week we need humility and to be able to honour because we can't truly listen to one another if we don't walk that way. So I guess in closing I want to say this on behalf of the core team. And you would have got a letter or or an email if you have email. Did you get that? Some people don't check their emails, I've learnt that. <laughs> I said something the other day, oh, I sent it to you in an email. Oh, I didn't. I don't check my emails. Uh, that there are hard copies if you haven't checked your email, there's hard copies of a letter from the from the core team. But on behalf of the core team, actually, let me just say that. If you do have email, check your email more regularly. Because every week I'm sending out something, okay? And uh, if you're on Facebook, check that. We've got the app, check that. You know, news and announcements are going to come out that way more than taking up 15 minutes of announcements on a Sunday, if you know what I mean. Anyway, but our, our heart is to truly invest in you and to equip you, and to empower you, and to be all that you can be in Christ. Thunderberg needs you. Childers needs you. Jinjin needs you. If Carsten was here today, I could say 1770 needs you. But it's true, isn't it? We are the hands and feet. We are the mouthpiece. We are the heartbeat. We are like Christ to the people here in this region. We want to see that grow. I'm convinced that true body ministry will happen as we are transformed from the inside out. When we know who we are in Christ, when we know that we are loved, when we know that we are secure, when we know that we are accepted, when we know when we know when we know, all of a sudden I feel freer to minister. I feel freer to pray. I feel free to, freer to grab the mic and share because, you know what, fear doesn't have a hold of me anymore. I'm, I'm able to share my faith with someone. I'm able to help someone. I came across someone yesterday who needs help, you know, and I thought, man, we just got to help them. You know, they've just had this massive operation and they can't cook, they can't clean, they haven't got any food. I'm thinking, man, well, we can help them. So tomorrow I'm giving them a ring, you know. Each one of us have an opportunity, I'm sure, throughout our week to be Christ to somebody. I'd love to hear the testimonies of that. Not from a look look at what I've done attitude, because that's not what it's about. But it's testimonies that, you know what? I've been praying a prayer every day. God, I want divine appointments. I want divine appointments. And this is the answer to my prayer. I was in this circumstance and I had a divine appointment, and I was able to help this person, or pray for this person, or lead this person to Christ, or buy them some food, or you know, whatever it is, amen. And then the testimonies will just start coming. You won't have to be up the front here going, okay, everyone's got a testimony, who's going to bring it? People will be like, I want to bring it. I want to tell you what God has done. I I want to tell you what the Lord has done. We want to see everyone minister. It's the only way that the church is going to be effective in these end times. The only way the church is going to overcome is we understand, as you know, the writer of Hebrews says, don't give up meeting together. But all the more as you see the day with a capital D, the return of Christ, all the more as you see the day approaching, don't give up meeting together, but encourage one another more. And that's not just today. Go and have a coffee with someone. Invite some people to your house and have a a meal and talk about Jesus. Go and meet someone down the street. Whatever it looks like, keep encouraging one another because we need one another together with others in the city to overcome together. We want to see the fivefold ministry. We don't want to just preach about it anymore. We want to see it. We want to see the prophetic ministering into the lives of people because the the, the prophet doesn't just prophesy over you. They help you to learn to hear the voice of God for yourself. That's what they do. That's one of their key functions, not just to prophesy over you, but to help you to hear God. The evangelist loves to speak the good news of the gospel. They want to help you. They don't want to just give testimonies to you about what God is doing through them. They want to bring you to a place where you can share your testimony with others. The pastor. It's not just about gathering everyone. and It's about helping you to learn to love one another. Because he carries the heart part. And the teacher is not just about bringing you all kinds of teaching, but it's encouraging you to get into the Word of God for yourself and get your journal out and write down what God is saying and then share it with someone else. And the apostolic is about about identity and authority. Paul said, I'm in birth pains to see Christ formed in you. That was the heart of the Father. I'm in birth pains to see Christ formed in you. And it says in Ephesians 4 that as these ministries work together that the body of Christ will be made mature and it will grow as each part does its work. We take a step into that today because we are in the days of the saints. Music team, you want to come up the front and we'll sing us, we'll do something, hey? But we are in. So I just want to finish with this: that we are in the days of the saints. Did you know? Over the last eighteen months, there have been so many mighty men and women of God pass away. Billy Graham, John Paul Jackson. Billy Graham, evangelist. John Paul Jackson, prophet. Rabbi Zacharias, amazing teacher. Reinhard Bonnke, another evangelist. The list goes on. I want to say to you today, prophetically speaking, that this is the day of the saints. There ain't gonna be another Billy Graham, Ryan our John Paul Jackson. Doesn't say they're not gonna be powerful men and women of God that do great exploits. But we but we've always looked to those persons almost to do it for us in some sort of way. As a general comment. This is the day of the saints. This is the day of the body. This is the day of the bride. This is the day of the people. That's what it is. That we, together, when I say we, I mean the church worldwide, would be everything together that the world needs. Does that make sense? So what is your decision today? There's a word. God's got a purpose for you. God's got more for you. God's got something that... that, that, that he's calling you into. And we're here to help and support and encourage in any way we can. There's freedom. There's freedom to dream. There's freedom freedom to pray. There's freedom to share. There's freedom to minister. There's freedom. We're all ministers. We're all ministers. We minister in various ways, but we're all ministers. Do you believe that today? That you're a minister? You have permission so the question is, what will you do differently in this time of new beginnings? How, you, how will you position yourself to step into that? Is there some things you need to let go of in order to grab hold of other things? Is there some things that you need to sort out? Some friendships, some relationships, areas of unforgiveness or offence or whatever. that You need to sort out to move forward. Is there something you need to give up because God is saying, I want you to grab hold of this, my son. I want you to grab hold of this, my daughter. Is there something that you've dropped in terms of a prayer or a hope? or something that God's put in your spirit? Is there something that you need to pick up again and say, God, I'm going to believe again. I'm going to stand and believe. What will you do differently? We cannot do what we've always done. None of us can. There's not one person here today that can just do what we've always done. Otherwise, we'll get what we've always got. We have to make choices. We have to be intentional. We have to be disciplined. We have to. Bundaberg is waiting. Australia is waiting. The nations are waiting. So I would say this week, the front's always open. You come forward for prayer, people are always here to pray for you. If you need healing, you need prayer, you need encouragement, whatever, the front is always open. Or you can just turn to the person sitting right next to you and you can just start praying for each other right now. But my suggestion would be use this week to go home and say, God, what? Lord, just highlight what you need to highlight. Show me what you need to show me. Encourage me where I need encouragement. Lord, I just want to be open. I just want to hear from you as part of the body. Catch up with someone. Share with someone. Pray with someone. Position yourself. Amen. Just got to worship.